Jesus is the good news. That's what the word gospel means. When we talk about gospel, it's the word good news. So if we do anything involving the gospel, uh, it should be good news. It should be good news. And uh, what we said last week, there is no bad news in the good news. There's no bad news. If, if there was bad news in the good news, it wouldn't be good news. Uh, so there, there's no in-between news. Jesus is the good news. The angels heralded, we've come to bring you good news that will cause great joy that will be for all people. Uh, so that's what we're talking about. Good news, great joy for all people. And we're saying the good news is Jesus is the good news. And we talked about the promise of good news. We talked about the proclamation of good news last week. And today, on this Sunday before Christmas, I want to talk about the person of good news. The person of good news. Christianity. Christianity is not built upon an idea. Christianity is not really built upon a, a teaching. Christianity is built upon a person. A person, and that person's name is Jesus. So what our goal is to do when we, when we come together and we preach God's word or we teach God's word, the goal is to bring you to a person. It's not to bring you to an organization. It's not to bring you to uh, just a, a certain doctrine. It's to bring you to a person. Uh, in, in your walk, you'll find out your, your, your doctrine and your teaching and all that, but what everybody needs is a person. What everybody needs is a savior, a deliverer. It's to encounter a person. It's not to mentally adhere to beliefs. It's to encounter a person. That's why God sent Jesus. Listen, God had already sent rules. In Exodus, in the commandments, God had already sent rules, and rules didn't work. So now, in Jesus, God sent a person. And the person did to people what the rules could never do. The rules could never change a person's heart. But when you encounter the person of Jesus, your life will never be the same. Your life will never be the same when you encounter the person of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the person of good news. Good news is not good news about a religion. Jesus didn't come to start a, a neat another religion beside Judaism and all the other isms in the world. Jesus didn't come to start another ism. He came to be the savior of the world to whosoever will. Uh, he didn't come to start a, another whatever. He come to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus transcends all of these ideas. Listen, Christianity is not even about a book. That's shocking, isn't it? Christianity is not about a book. The book is about a person. The book tells you about a person. The book reveals the person. The book takes you to a person, and that is Jesus Christ. So Jesus gave us his word so we would know his person, so we would know more about him. And the word reveals Jesus to us. Again, it's not about morality. Morality doesn't equal righteousness. But righteousness will always equal morality. But just because somebody is moral doesn't mean that they are righteous. For righteousness is not something you achieve. Righteousness is something you receive. You receive the gift of righteousness. And then that gift of righteousness will change your life and you will walk in the ethics of the spirit and of 
God. Christianity is not about memorializing a great teacher. A lot of religion and philosophers uh, is about memorializing a certain teacher and just following his teachings. Well, Christianity is not about memorializing a dead leader because our Jesus isn't dead. So we don't come up here and have Sunday morning memorial services. We don't read Jesus' teaching like they're disconnected from a living being and a person. Absolutely not. It's about a living Savior. Jesus is alive. What Christmas is all about and what the Christian life is all about is about experiencing the fullness of Christ's life in you. That's what it's all about. Experiencing the fullness of Jesus' life in your life. Christianity is simply letting God live his life through you. That's, that's all that it is. That's all this walk is. It's yielding ourselves to the working of God. And, and God did this in, in three ways, and that's what we want to look at today. So in Matthew chapter 1, I want us to read um, beginning in verse, uh, I think it's number 18. I think we started in 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that as we look in your word and just focus upon you, God, that your spirit would just do something great in our hearts and great in our lives this morning, that, Lord, you would become bigger and bigger and bigger, and everything else would become smaller and smaller. Let us, let us have the attitude of Mary did when she said, my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, my soul magnifies the Lord. So God, what we want to do today is put a magnifying glass over your son Jesus and magnify him in our lives, magnify him in our minds, magnify him, Lord, in our homes, magnify him in everything that we have today. Lord, may Jesus become so big that everything else just disappears this morning. We ask it in Christ's name, amen and amen. Three things that we want to mention very quickly this morning. First of all is that God sent Jesus to be the good news for you. He sent Jesus to be the good news for you. If you notice in verse number 21, the angel said, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from 
their sins. As we said, it's very crucial to understand that God sent a person to be a Savior. God sent a person to be a Savior. God sent a person to be a deliverer. Do you know what that tells me? I was thinking about this week. You know what that tells me? That tells me God knew I couldn't deliver myself. No matter how hard I tried, God knew I couldn't save myself. It didn't matter how many times I try to turn over a new leaf or how many times I try to find religion or how many times I try to get my life right or how many times I try to do good, how many times I just try to follow Jesus. God knew every one of my efforts would fall short. What we don't understand and what the world does not understand is that many, all of us, are bound up in some kind of chains in this life. And they're not physical chains. We can't see them. And we try to, it, it, it's like a dog that's, that's on a leash, especially those kind that, you know, the dog goes out and it's a little zip line and, and comes back. The dog thinks he's free. And, and, and he might run 10, 15 feet, but eventually that thing is going to catch and that dog can't go any further. That dog thinks he's running for freedom on his own, but he's really on a leash, and he doesn't even realize it. Sometimes that's how we are in our lives. We think we can, we think we can break this bondage for our, on our own. We think we can do good enough to earn favor with God, and it's okay, we're running and running, but then we'll find out, hey, I'm still in chains. Hey, I'm still in bondage. No matter how my good intentions were, I seem to fail many times. And God looked at humanity, and that's how humanity was. And that's how humanity is. They're chained up and in bondage, and many don't even know it. But they keep going through the same habits. They go through the same destructive cycles. They deal with the same destructive issues in life. And God looked down at mankind, and he says, Humanity is bound by sin. Humanity is trapped. Humanity is in chains. Law couldn't break the chains. Law made the chains stronger. Paul said, Paul said, I didn't know what coveting was except when the law told me, do not covet. So Paul thought he was free from coveting, and then the law came that said, don't covet, and now he was in chains even, even harder. Where the knowledge of sin is, where the knowledge of the law is, there is sin. The law is the strength of sin. So rules and law didn't set people free. It actually showed them how much more bound up they were. So then the angel says, you're to give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was sent as the Savior. Jesus was sent as the Deliverer. The fact that I need a deliverer shows I couldn't deliver myself. But now that the deliverer has come and he has delivered me, he has saved me, he has taken off the chains, he has opened the door of the cell, and he has truly set us free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And Jesus has come to be our Savior. Not in, 
not an ideology and not a religion and, and not a, 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 a catechism and a doctrine and not a denomination, but a person, a savior whose name is Jesus, that he will come to save his people from their sins. You and I, no matter how hard we try, if we could save ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. If we could make ourselves better, we wouldn't need Jesus. If we could atone for our sins, if we could turn over a new leaf, if we could give ourselves a fresh start, if we could stop doing the wrong things, if we could set ourselves free, then we wouldn't have had a need for a Savior. But we can't do any of that. So God sent Jesus to set you free. And the good news last week is the proclamation. The good news is that Jesus has set you free. So the only thing that's holding me back and the only thing that's binding me in chains is my own mind that doesn't know I've been set free. My own mind that doesn't know I've been set free. Doesn't know. Jesus is the good news for you. The next thing I want you to see is that Jesus is the good news to you. Jesus is the good news to you. Emmanuel, he said, you shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So he didn't just send Jesus for us. He sent Jesus to us. Emmanuel, God with us. God sent Jesus to us so that he would be with us, that he may live in us. And that's where we stand today. We stand today having Christ in our lives. God sent the Holy Spirit and to, so we can live a Spirit-filled life that we could live a spirit-led life, that we could walk in the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and of death. So I want you to see the good news today is that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, but the good news is actually better than you thought it was because it's just not God with us or God among us. It is God in us. It is God in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. That means, ah, Peter says it this way, you are partakers of the divine nature. I was told all my life about my old nature, about the the nature that come from Adam, about my sinful nature. And here's how preaching went to me, and here's how I heard it. Okay, you old nature that can do nothing but sin, and that always goes to sin and is always attracted to sin. Okay, you old nature, don't be the old nature anymore. It's like telling a dog, don't be a dog. My dog can't be a cat. He's a dog. He can't be anything but a dog. And if I was to to try to make my dog be a cat, how many of you know that would just be a very frustrating and not a good thing? A dog is still... A dog. Wow, because that's his nature. So all the preaching that we hear that constitutes bad news is just trying to tell an old man that is trapped in sin, a sinful nature, not to sin anymore. That's like walking into a Krispy Kreme and somebody telling you not to eat anything. 
You're like, really? No matter how hard you try, you're going you're gonna to have a donut. I mean, really, that's how it is. So all my life, I was just told, you're a sinful person. You'd be nothing but a sinful person, uh, and then don't sin. And then when you don't sin, God will like you. And I come to find out that wasn't what happened at all. I come to find out that on the cross, that old sinful nature and that old man was put to death and was buried, and I was raised in the newness of life by the Spirit. And now, then I realized when I actually read the Bible that I have a new nature. And Peter says that I am a, and you are a partaker of the divine nature of God. So part of you is divine because part of you is indwelling in unity with the Holy Spirit of God. So the good news is that Jesus came to you to be with you, but to be in you through the Holy Spirit. So now, instead of just preaching to an old sinful nature not to sin, now what we're supposed to be doing is speaking to that new nature. We're supposed to be speaking to that spirit on the inside of us, leading us to righteousness in Jesus Christ, leading us to walking in the spirit, living in the spirit, being led by the spirit of God. Our life is to be defined by the spirit of God, not an old man trying to be a new man. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good or immoral people more. Jesus came to make spiritually dead people alive in Jesus Christ, that we can be raised to walk in the newness of life in Jesus Christ. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we are one with the Father. If there's one thing I've tried to teach this church is that there is no more distance and separation between you and God. He is not a God that is out there somewhere on a planet three miles south of Mars. He is the God that lives in your being, and you are one with him, and you are inseparable from him. So no matter what you need, he is right there with you. Jesus prayed that prayer when he was praying. He said, Father, I pray that you would be in, that as I am in you and you are in me, that they would be in me, that they would be one in us. They would be one in us, and that's the good news to you. See, there's no bad news in the good news. It's all good news. So when we still think, well, I'm here, and God's way out there, and I'm trying to get God to come here, what did Jesus come for? Jesus came so that you and him would be one that you would live an empowered, overcoming life, that his life would be your life. The final thing today, God sends Jesus to be the good news through you. To be the good news through you. Verse 25 said, He did not consummate the marriage till she gave birth to a son. As Jesus was conceived in her, and came through her as God's gift to humanity. God sent Jesus to be the good news through you. Joseph and Mary obeyed the voice of the angel. They obeyed the word of the Lord. Jesus was born to them, and they proclaimed to everyone, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. God worked a supernatural work in Mary's life. In fact, it says, uh, he said back up in uh, verse 
uh, one of these verses. It says, what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. What is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So God works in you so that God can work through you to impact other people with the good news of the gospel. He, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to you, not, not, not just so we would have good services and goosebump experiences and say we had good church. Good church is when God's people are empowered by the Spirit and go out with the life-changing message of the gospel, impacting people's lives all over this world. That's good church. That's good church. I've seen a lot of people have good church and impacted nobody. Good church is when Spirit-filled people go out into the world with a message of hope and grace and good news to all people and spread the kingdom of God in this earth. That's good church. And I'm ready to have some good church. I'm ready to have some good church. That was weak, but I'm going to forgive you all this time, okay? Because it's Christmas, okay? New Year's, it ain't going to be the night. I'm just kidding. God works in you that he can work through you. The scripture puts it this way. It says to yield your members as instruments of righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible says to yield your members as instruments of righteousness. That means you need, you know what, you know what the word yield means? It means to, to, to give way. Uh, so we are to yield our, our mouths to be instruments of righteousness. That means we need to be speaking the good news, speaking edifying words, speaking up, building up words, speaking encouraging words, speaking words, uh, speaking prophetic words, speaking words. We're to be yielding our hands and our feet. We are to yield ourselves as instruments of righteousness. And yielding means I'm stepping out of the way and letting God come through me. And that can happen anywhere and everywhere. Because we're not just the body of Christ in a church building. We're the body of Christ in the world. And we need to be looking for opportunities to be Jesus, to be the good news. Jesus is the good news. Well, if Jesus is the good news and Jesus is in you, that means you should be the good news. That means when you walk into your office, they know the good news has walked in today. Come on, somebody. That means when when, when you walk up to the grocery store, you can look at that person and say, good news has just showed up at your register. Good news. You know what people say, but here's the thing. You know what people say when they see a bunch of Christians? Oh, boy, here come those Christians again because we haven't been the good news to people. Jesus gave good news for you and gave good news to you so he can be good news through you in this life. God promised Abraham, through you, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Well, guess what? Through you, all areas of this county will be blessed. All areas of the city will be blessed. Through you, through the church, all areas of the city would be blessed. If our city, our community, our area is not blessed through us, then maybe we're not showing the good news that is through us. Well, guess what? I'm ready to show this world that the church is the good news to the world out there. That when they see the church, they say, here comes good news. Here comes good news. We want to experience a person of Jesus. People get burned out on this thing we call church and this thing called religion. and We've seen what religion will do 
in the world. But I've come to tell you Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I've come to tell you Jesus today. When Jesus is born in our hearts, and we experience his saving power and his delivering power. When it is born in our lives. You know the Apostle Paul, he, he mentioned to one of his churches. He said, I travail as a woman in childbirth for you until Christ is formed in you. Until Christ, you can put it this way, I am travailing. Paul says, I am in labor pains like a woman having labor for you until Christ is birthed in you. And some of us have sat under a system too long. Some of us have just sat under rituals too long. Some of us have just sat under religion too long. I, I'm, I'm convinced, I don't want to sound critical, but I've been, I've been doing this a long time. I know I'm only... 20, but I've been doing it. Two years is a long time. I'm convinced we've brought people to a lot of stuff except bringing them to Jesus being birthed in their hearts. Because let me tell you, when Jesus is birthed in your heart, your life has no choice but to be radically different. You don't have a choice. It just happens as a result of Christ being born in you. As our musicians come up this morning, I want to ask you this question. I want to ask you this question. Because Jesus was born, and Mary knew who he was, and Joseph knew who he was, and angels knew who he was, and shepherds knew who he was. But the scripture says this about Jesus. It says, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. They knew about him, but they didn't know him. This is the question I want to leave you with this morning. Do you know him? I don't care. If, I'm not going to ask you if you've sat in a Sunday school class and learned about him or if you've listened to some preaching and heard about him. There's a lot of people that know about Jesus. There's a lot of people that can come up and say, yeah, I believe Jesus died and rose again. Jesus paid for my sins. But they don't know him. The Christian life is an intimate relationship with God. It is a personal thing. It's not, yes, I agree to your checklist of what I have to believe. No, it's not about that at all. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you really know him? Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.10. This is from the Amplified Version. He says, and this, so I may know him. Now, they, we think Paul had been ministering about 25 years when Philippians was written. 25 years is a long time. But after 25 years, the cry of Paul's heart, this is a guy that had planted churches. This is a guy that had seen probably thousands of people be saved. This is a guy that had stood before kings. This is a guy that had done it all. And he said that I may know him, the cry of his heart, I want to know him. 
Here's what the Amplified says. Listen to this. I love this. That I may know him, and it breaks down this word know. That I may experientially, experientially, more thoroughly be acquainted with him. Understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. That I may know him, that I may experience him, that I may know him more intimately and personally, that I may gaze upon the wonders of his person. Here's how you know somebody. You become intimate with them. You become intimate. You show me a marriage that has fallen apart, and I'll show you a marriage where intimacy stopped becoming a priority in their lives. You know somebody through intimacy. Through intimacy. From spending time with them. From talking to them. When couples, this ain't a couples thing, but when couples stop gazing into each other's eyes and seeing the wonder that captivated you in the first place. That's the first step to degeneration. When you lose the wonder, when you lose the intimacy, that's why so many Christians sit in pews and they had an experience with Jesus, but over the years, it it, it isn't because God went anywhere. It isn't because God left. It isn't because God is distant. It's because we've stopped being intimate with him. We've stopped listening to his voice. We've stopped talking to him. We've stopped gazing into his eyes. And we've stopped being in awe of his greatness. Awe of his wonder. All of That's why I love this Christmas season. When we, when we drive our girls through Christmas lights or the first time we light the tree and turn the, the lights out and, and their eyes become so big and their hearts are filled with the sense of amazement. It's wonder. It's awe. It's intimacy. What is intimacy with the Lord? It's worship. It's spending time in His presence. If there's one thing I'm thankful for in my Christian life is that I had a pastor that taught me how to be intimate and get into His presence and spend time with Him. And I know when I don't do that enough. It's not hard to enter into the presence of God. It doesn't matter about your life. He welcomes you into his presence. We don't have to strive to get into his presence or get worked up to get into his presence or or take an hour singing to get into his presence. We're in his presence right now. If you'll just open up your spiritual eyes, you're there. You're in the throne room of the Most High God right now. You are in his arms. You are in the bosom of the Father. Because he sent Jesus to be one with you. To be one with you. Jesus is the good news, but do you know him? It is my heart and my cry that you know him. And that you're becoming more intimately acquainted with his person every day. It's not this church that's your answer. It's not any church that's your answer. There may be some churches that think they're the answer, but they're not. It's not any preacher that's your answer. It's him. It's him that's right here in your life. And he will make himself real to you. Let's stand up this morning and let's let's worship him. I just want you to close your eyes and set your mind on him. I just want you to set your mind on him this morning.
His presence is here. And where His presence is, there's freedom. There's deliverance. Listen, if you'll let Him, deliverance will drop right in your life today and you'll be set free. If you'll let Him, His power will come right into your life. I don't have to lay hands on you. We don't have to pray a prayer over you. Listen, I I, I said this a while ago. Here's my prayer. While I'm preaching, people are getting saved. People are getting healed. People are getting delivered. People are getting restored. While we're worshiping, the Holy Spirit is falling on people. It, it's, it's not about waiting till an invitation time or, or opening up. Who am I to open up an altar for Jesus? Jesus is coming to you as the word is, go, is going forth. It's not about you coming to him. Jesus has already come to you today to open up your life and your heart. And say, so just receive from him today. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to earn anything. You just have to open up your heart and receive from his presence today. Receive peace in your family. Receive peace in your hearts, peace in your life. Just receive the good gifts of your Father today. Just receive it today as we spend a few moments.